God, and please mean it from my heart. The Lord God has given me the tongue of the learned, that I should know how to speak a word in season to him who is weary. He awakens me morning by morning. He awakens my ear to hear as the learned. The Lord God has opened my ear, and I was not rebellious, nor did I turn away. Amen. Please be seated. Alan, it's good to have you here. And um, your wife's doing a fantastic job. So good to have you here. We'll get to know you better, and then we'll keep you busy. <laughs> Amen. Today I want to hopefully conclude this message, loving Jesus. Loving Jesus. You see, it's no secret. God wants you to love him. There's no secret about that. God wants to be loved by you. Not by them. You. God wants to be loved by you. He wants you to love him. And he went beyond that telling you. He made it a commandment. He really needs this love. So he's commanding you to love him. God wants you to love him. You are a product of love. Because God is love. Everything God does is born out of love. He gave his son out of love. God is love. And he can help but love you. God loves you dearly. He just wants you to return his love. He wants you to love him. God knows that the price that we pay for not loving him is too great. We can't handle it. The price we pay for not loving God is too much. So God's commanding us to love him because it's for our own good to love God. It's for our own benefits to love him. All you have to do is say, God, I want to love you. Help me to love you. I will love you. Command your soul to love him. And your soul will follow. If you decide it, speak to your soul. Tell your soul, bless the Lord, O my soul, and all that is within me. Bless his holy name. Tell your soul to love him because there's great benefit in loving God. God commanded us to love him. He says, Jesus said in Matthew chapter 22, from 37 through 40. He says, you shall love the Lord your God with all of your heart. All of it. Nothing left. God wants that. All of your heart. With all of your soul. And with all of your mind. Meaning you are loving him with everything that you are. You love him. God wants us to love him. He says, this is the first and great commandment. If you want to keep God's commandment, God says this is number one. He's above every one of them. Just to love God. And then he said, the second is like it. You shall love your neighbor as yourself. You shall love your neighbor as yourself. It's an amazing thing. If God's asking us to love him, he's commanding us to love him, he's got to keep the same commandment, right? He is love. He loves us. He loves us dearly. He says, on these two commandments hang all the law and the prophets. 
everything the commandments said in the Old Testament, everything the prophets said, they are hanging on these two commandments. Love God and love your neighbor as yourself. That's what he says. God wants us to love him. One of the reasons God wants us to love him, the primary reason in my mind, is the one you love is the one you're going to serve. If you are not giving all to the one you love, you're just talking. When you truly love, you serve. You give of yourself. And you give everything. If you say you love your wife, you're, you're willing to give everything. The Bible says you are willing even to give your life. So God loved us. He gave everything. So the one you love is the one you serve. And if you don't love, you don't serve. That's what God tells us. In Matthew chapter 6, verse 24, God says, No one can serve two masters. You just cannot serve two masters. That means every one of us, as a man, you need a master over your life. You've got to choose who you want to be a master over your life. And then he tells us this. You can serve two masters. It's important. If you're a human being, you will serve something. You will serve somebody. No doubt about it. You just have to choose who you are going to serve. And the one that you choose to serve is the one you love. He says for either he will hate the one and love the other. So if you hate the one, you don't serve that one that you hate. You only serve the one you love. Or else, he will be loyal to the one and despise the other. You'll serve this one and be loyal to this one and despise the other. In other words, he can keep talking. doesn't matter. I'm not going to do what he says. That's, he's, he's talking again. I, I, won't, I won't listen to him. Because you don't care. You despise the other one. It's not like you hate you. just despise the person. But then he says, you cannot serve God and money. You cannot serve God and money. This is the only thing on earth that God himself has elevated to the status or the statue of God himself. Money. Money. So God's saying on earth, for human beings, I would have read, I would have spoken it this way. You can't serve God or the devil and the devil, right? You can't serve God and the devil at the same time. God didn't say that. He knows us better. You can't serve God and money. You will be loyal to one or you will follow one or you will follow the other. You can follow both of them at the same time. And who you follow is the one that's your master. That's what he's saying. 
you know, the other day I was talking about Brother Mola. I think I called him or he called and we were talking about it. And he was telling me about how things have been destroyed. In, we are from the same country in Nigeria and all of that. And uh, really sorrowful about it. People just don't care. When you love money, you're blind. And nobody can tell you you do because you never know. And he said to me, money, the love of money destroyed everything. It destroyed everything. Even Christian marriages have been destroyed. Not by money, but the love of money. The love of money. That's the issue here. First Timothy 6 tells us that. It tells us very clearly. For the love of money is the root of all kinds of evil. The love of money is a root of all kinds of evil. And it says some, they have left the faith. They've slided from the faith, straight from the faith in their greediness and have pierced themselves through with many sorrows. So you can see why God says, he said that you love God or you love money. Because when you love money, you're blind. You serve it instead of it serving you. And God doesn't want that. You know, I was reading and I saw from the scriptures, I believe it's uh, John chapter 12, verse 3. And, and, and Mary, he, she loved Jesus. Not because Jesus raised the brother from the dead, but she just loved Jesus. The whole family, Martha, Lazarus, they all loved Jesus. And when you love, you're wanting to give something. And in John chapter 12, verse 3, Mary, she couldn't help herself. She had this ointment, oil of uh, uh, spike night that she had with her, and she wanted to do something for Jesus. This was after Jesus had raised the brother, and she went, the disciples, they were all there, and she broke that thing, and it was so expensive. If you read some of that scriptures, all of the disciples were saying, were saying, wow, how could she do this? Most of them didn't speak, but the real greedy one, he had to speak. Judas had to speak. This was too much for Judas. I mean, he couldn't handle this. But she loved. And so she, she wasn't thinking. He deserves it, she said. I've kept this thing maybe, uh, you know, for my retirement. But I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to just break it today and, and, and put it on the feet of the master. And the aroma from that thing filled the room. You know, the fragrance filled the room. What was it? It was the, the fragrance of her love that filled the room. And Judas, for greediness, he didn't even understand what was going on. He objected. He said, wow, that thing could have been sold. He didn't care a thing for the poor. Uh, but he, he camouflaged that, you know. He, everyone likes to be spiritual. Hello. 
He wanted to be spiritual. We give to the poor. The Bible revealed his heart. He could care less about the poor, but he was a thief. And he loved to put his hand on that money. He sold his master. He sold his master. Judas could care less. He had it. This was a man that saw Jesus raise Lazarus from the dead. He was right there. He saw it. But when God is not number one in your life, and something else has taken its place, he's too dangerous for you. You got to love God. That's the best place to be. And out of your love for God, you have an overflow from the love of God in your heart for all men. Not even when they offend you, you still love them. Because of the overflow, when you truly love Jesus, you are, it's easy for you to, it's painful, but after a while, that love of Jesus, he flows over you and you just let go. You let go and you even bless them. That's the love of Jesus. The most powerful thing on the earth. Forgives freely. No matter how many times we offend him, he forgives. And Jesus said, if you have my love in you, even if they offend you 70 times, seven times in one day, see, offer them forgiveness. If they ask for it, offer them. That means he gives you, wow. And you, he gives, I've I repent, forgive me. And you say you're forgiven. And before you, you finish saying, he's another one. Uh, there, there was a story in Nigeria, I mean, in those days. Uh, this guy, this preacher, I like to digress a little bit uh, sometimes. But this preacher, he, he, they had this cartoon. He was preaching his heart out. And this guy, he had read that scripture. He wasn't a believer. He said, I'm going to put this guy to test. I'm going to see if he really preach if he's really following uh, what he preaches so he went up to him and he he, he gave him real hard one and, and the guy said wow and and the fellow he turned the other cheek and he was glad about that he he whacked him another one real good as soon as he got through the preacher punched him and he was on his back and the guy got up and said, I thought the scripture said to turn the other cheek. He said, yes. He says to turn the other cheek, and I did. But he didn't tell you what happens after that. <laughs> you just got the after that. I obeyed the master. <laughs> Please don't do that. <laughs> So how can you tell that you love the master? How can you tell that you love the master? Jesus himself said it, how to love him. He said to his disciples in John chapter 14, he said, my, my, I will come, my father and I will come and will manifest ourselves to you. Manifest ourselves to you. And Judas, not Iscariot, uh, asked him, Lord, John 14, verse 22 through 24, he says, Lord, how is it that you will manifest yourselves to us? You know, they were thinking about taking over the world, kingdom, right? Is it now for you to give us the kingdom of God? That's what this guy was thinking. We don't want you just manifesting yourself to us. We want you to manifest your power to the rest of the world. This was before Jesus went to the cross. 
So they, were, they didn't, really didn't understand much. He says, how is it that you will manifest yourself to us and not to the world? He said, Jesus answered and said to him, If anyone, say it with me, anyone, if anyone loves me, if anyone loves me, he will keep my words. He will keep my words. If you don't love God, you don't keep his words. You argue against his word. And it goes back to what I was talking about, the love of money. Many times I've seen people argue with me about paying their time. That's your business. It's between you and your father. When you don't love him, you won't be faithful doing that. You don't really care. That's what it says. You will despise one and you'll be loyal to the other one. Of course you'll be loyal to Uncle Sam with the taxes. He's coming after you. If you don't give him his share. (laughs) But to God, we have to be loyal to him. He said you will be loyal to one or despise the other. If you are not faithful, you are not loyal. And he knows it. He knows it. You can camouflage it. He knows it. Nobody sees it, but he sees it. He knows what's going on. You can't hide it from him. I think a lot of Christians don't realize there's going to be a day of judgment. And everything that you do is going to be revealed. He's taking count, but he's patient. I was telling you other people, in Isaiah chapter 1, God says, why should I punish you? You will only rebel more. There's no need to slap you more. I mean, you've been rebelling. Slapping you is not going to help you. I just let you be him. So just because God's not reacting to it or you don't feel, doesn't mean he doesn't see it. You're just demonstrating to him that you don't, you don't really care about him. Something else matters. And he knows it. It's very painful to him, but you have a choice. You can do what you want. But there is what the Bible says, the day of the Lord is coming. He has his day. But I don't want to face that day. I want to be obedient to him. I want to do what he calls me to do. And the way you handle your phone, and it's not about preaching about money. We don't preach much about this here. Our people are very faithful. But you really need to understand, if there is a secret that Satan has told you in your heart, and you are holding back from God, he sees it. Did God say, but you've come up with your own thing. And God said, you can't serve me and serve this other thing at the same time. You are being loyal to that one. You follow that one. You run after that. But how loyal are you to me? How loyal are you to my work? How much are you willing to give to help the work of God around the world? Even your church cannot even get much from you. I know these things are hard to say, but, you know, I have to do. If I'm a part of this kingdom, I will participate fully by the grace of God. If anybody in our church today, and I'm not preaching about money, this is not the issue, but I'm telling you the truth. I don't apologize for saying the truth. If somebody gets offended, that's between you and him. Uh, You can deal with him the way you want to deal with. Our fellowship is just a place where they call on his name. 
But if there's anyone among us that says, as long as I'm here, the work of God must continue. I'll do anything. Watch, watch out for that person and see what God will do. Watch out. So it's very important. When you love me, you keep my word. He says, if a man does not love me, he will not keep my word. So not keeping his word is the barometer. I didn't use thermometer for a reason. Barometer measures pressure, right? You can really be obedient to God until the pressure comes, okay? And God wants to know what you will do when the pressure comes. Whether you really love him. That's what he told Abraham. Now I know that you love me because of the pressure. And he was willing to let go of his only son just because God said, kill that boy for me. The same son God gave to him. They could have been in an argument. God, you gave that boy to me. And you're saying you want him back? What's this? He had no question. He trusted God. And he loved God. And he was willing to let go of the most precious thing in his life. So if you're willing to let go of just this ungodly man and the scripture says, there's nothing you can let go for God. But if you are not willing to let go, you're not letting go of anything, not even your soul. That's the issue here. Loving Jesus. So you keep my word. Then Jesus said, He who does not love me does not keep my word. And the word which you hear is not mine, but the Father's who sent me. If you love him, he said, if you love and keep his word, the Father will love you. And then he said, He will come and make his home with you. Thus, when God uses the word manifest, that means. I'm coming to be a member of your family. Staying in your home. Thus, we mean God the Father, God the Son, and God the Holy Spirit staying at your address. Staying in your home. Automatically, everything in that home is transformed. God lives there. Amen. God lives in your home. When you love Him, God lives in your home. Protects the kids. And all of that. Everything that's in that home. Because he is the master of the home. He is the lord of that home. That's the issue here. What are the benefits of loving God? How do we demonstrate? First, first question is how do we demonstrate our love to Jesus? Psalm 16 verse 6 tells us. In mercy and truth. Atonement, covering. Is provided for iniquity. It was mercy and truth. God could not say, well, forget these sins. We'll just take them all in. No. Somebody's got to pay the price. Truth. So Jesus died for us. But by fear of the Lord, one departs from evil. Fear of the Lord, that's Old Testament. New Testament is love. By love of God, you depart from evil. That's how you show God that you love Him. When you love Him. What are the benefits for loving God? It says, in Second Corinthians, I mean First Corinthians chapter two, beginning from verse nine through ten, he says, I had not seen, I has not seen 
nor ear heard, nor have entered into the heart of man the things which God has prepared for those who love him. When you love God, he prepares things for you and your family. That's why I like this uh, prayer. Give us this day our daily bread. Not give me today's hamburger, and we'll talk about that hamburger tomorrow. No. Give us this day our daily bread. Give me the ability to eat tomorrow. Amen. Give us this day our daily bread. So God's going to give you today your daily bread in Jesus' name. Can I hear an amen? That's the God we serve. Because we love Him. Amen. Can you say with me this morning, I love Jesus. Well, say it like you mean it. I love Jesus. Say it like a kid who is joking. And, I love Jesus. Say it until your heart fills it. Amen. And watch what the word of God will begin to do in your heart. Dividing bones and the marrow. When we say these things. I have not seen. It's not entered into the heart of man. The things which God has prepared for those who love him. But God will reveal the things he's preparing to, for us. By His Spirit, so we can know those things and live by those things and, and, and walk in them. Amen? God will love it. This scripture is really good. I like this. Yes. Psalm 34. The same 9 and 10. This is good. He says, Oh, fear the Lord. Please don't use the word fear. Let's all say, Oh, love the Lord. Can you say that with me? Oh, love the Lord. That's all of us. Oh, love the Lord. There is no one to those who love Him. Amen. We need to love Him. Because if we love Him, there is no one to those who love Him. The Lord is my shepherd. I shall not want... When we love him, we don't know want. Now, want may appear in form of temptation, but please don't bite, okay? <laughs> don't accept it. Refuse and say to that temptation, God has said, He is my shepherd. I shall not want. There is no want. There is no want to those who fear him or those who love him. Then God says, the young lions lack and suffer hunger. So God's talking about hunger as well. God's talking about lack. He's talking about uh, hunger. God says, that's never going to happen. Those who seek God, not only love God, but seek God, will not lack any good thing. So when we love God, God spoken in His Word, we won't lack. We have to stay confident and trust God. Psalm 91, that's where I close today. Verse 14 through 16. He says, because He has set His love upon me. Do you know what I go? I love Jesus. Because He has set 
his love. I've made up my mind. I'm going to love God. Because he has set his love upon me. Therefore, because of this reason, I will deliver him. Even before he gets into trouble, I've already delivered him. That's what he's saying. I will deliver him. I will set him on high. A city set on a hill cannot be hid. Nobody lights a lamp and puts it under a basket. And so God's the one lighting you because you are a child of God that loves him. I will deliver him. I will set him on high because he has known my name. You love the name of Jesus. He shall call upon me. He said, and I will answer him. So every time you call upon God, when the pressure comes, God said, I heard you. I already heard you. He says, you call upon me, call upon me, and I will hear, I will show you great and mighty things that you don't know. He says, I will be with him in trouble. So that tells us trouble will come. Even if you love God, trouble is coming. But God says, don't worry about it. I'm there with you. Though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I will fear no evil. Why? Because he is with me. That's what God is saying. I will be with him in trouble. I will deliver him. Not only that, but I will honor him. You know, God was with Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego in trouble. They were thrown into the fire as ordinary men. They, they thought, these guys are toast. It's over today. That's it. But they, before they got in there, uh, Jesus was in there uh, to welcome them into the fire. That's become air-conditioned, you know. Let's have fun here. Let's sing a few songs here. Wonderful. There was a mighty transfiguration in the fire, right? The Son of God was there. Just like in the Mount of Transfiguration, there was a transfiguration right there. And, and the king saw it. He, he said, I can see there's another one. He looks different. Amen. He looks like the Son of God. But they were having fun. Shadrach, Meshach, God was with them in trouble. But then he delivered them. But then he honored them. Notice, after they came out of the fire, they were no longer ordinary men. They could tell the king, if you don't listen to us, you better listen to us because you know that God that you saw in the fire. He said, you must do this. I'm sure the king said, whatever you say, whatever you say. They were honored by everybody in the land. That's that guy. I was there when they put him in the fire. You said, really? And nothing happened. They had class among the people. That's what God says. I will honor them. Amen? Because he's loved me. I will deliver him. I will honor him. With long life, I will satisfy him. I'm going to tell you. You got long life. God doesn't have to apologize to cancer. Doesn't have to apologize to some diagnosis coming from the doctor until you are satisfied with life. Nobody can take your life. No sickness, no disease, nothing. Nothing. It's be it unto you according to your faith. But you got to love him. Amen? Because you love him. All of these things work. They are all a function of your love for him. So it's good to say, I love 
Jesus. Amen? Do you love him this morning? He did everything for us. If you love him this morning, let him know that you love him. Bow your heads with me today and tell Jesus how much you love him. How much you love him. How much you love him. If you are not sure of your love for Jesus, he has to deposit that love in your heart. And he wants to do that this morning. I'll pray with you. If you're here this morning and you are not sure, all heads bowed, all eyes closed, please. If you're not here this morning and say, I don't, I, I haven't experienced that love. I need the love of Jesus. God, I want you to deposit that in my heart this morning. I want you to do that for me. If you're here this morning and you need that, at the count of three, all I need you to do is put your hand up quickly and put it back down. God will see your hand saying, yes, I am a candidate. Jesus said, I stand at the door and I knock. By lifting your hand, that's saying, you're saying, yes, I'm opening my heart for you to come in. One, two, three. Put your hand up. Thank you. I see that hand. Thank you. Thank you. I see that hand. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you so much. I see that hand, young, right there. Thank you, Lord. Everyone, please say with me, especially those that lifted up their hands, say with me today, Lord Jesus, with open arms, I welcome you into my life, into my heart, into my business. I want you to be my first love. Thank you, Lord Jesus. Thank you for being the Lord of my life. By your grace, I will serve you. I will continue to love you. Pour your love in my heart right now. I receive it. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen.